Hello, everyone. Welcome to our newest episode of Spiritual Spiral. I'm your host, Sam Davidson. Sari couldn't be here with us this week, just sent her a lot of love, but I have such a special guest. I've been really excited to have on for a couple months now. Her name is Willa White. She is a spiritual medium and an ordained minister and just you do everything spiritual. You're a master, you're a teacher. Um, I met Willa and Lilydale a couple of months ago during my trip and my mom and I got a reading from her. She's fantastic. So welcome Willa. Thank you for having me here. I feel honored. Thanks, Sam. I feel really honored that you said yes to be on it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity because I just, um, I think so highly of you and your gifts. Um, but before we get into, you know, how you started doing all of this, I want to talk a little bit about Lilydale and what it is, because I've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. And I think I was just so overwhelmed with the magic of it. I just was spewing, you know, oh, it's this really cool, magical place where there's all these different people, but you know, you are a um, certified medium on the Lilydale uh, property in the town. So what is Lilydale? Like, how can you explain it to our audience? Sure, I'd be happy to. So Lilydale Assembly is the world's largest center for the religion of spiritualism. And that means that we believe in God. We believe that God is all there is. And we also understand that mediumship and spiritual healing are gifts of the spirit. And there are many uses that we can help people understand more about their soul and their soul journey. And to be able to connect again with your loved ones in spirit can really help a person who may be uh, going through the process of grief, or maybe it's just nice to say hello and check back in with certain folks. And most of all, I would say it's exciting to know that love never dies, that we do continue on and that we it matters how we live our lives and how we connect with people mm-hmm. in the afterlife. That is certainly something that we see readily. So that's a big focus of Lilydale is, is on mediumship, which is spirit contact with loved ones and also spiritual healing and understanding that, you know, biblically and in other scriptures, uh, you do have aspects of spiritual healing and that we do have the ability to use the energy of the divine and all of that to course through us to help other people, mind, body, spirit. So Lilydale itself has been around for over 140 years. And so we're really proud of the fact that Uh, We've had message services and healing services ongoing for over 140 years. So long before you saw the celebrity mediums on TV, like John Edward and John Holland and all the, you know, the, the, the newest ones, um, you had Lilydale. And so people would come and receive messages from their loved ones. They'd maybe uh, go and sit uh, in the quiet and then mediums would come forward and give messages. So Lilydale is mainly open for visitors in the summer season, which runs from the last uh, Friday of June until the day before Labor Day. So depending on how those dates fall, it could be either a nine or 10 weeks program of events that uh, has the message services, like I said, healing services, lots of workshops, lectures, thought exchanges. We even have beautiful musical events. We have uh, what's also known as Women's Day because Lilydale had a lot to do with the women's suffrage movement. In fact, there was a documentary that just came out recently 
recently that covered that beautiful connection of the women's suffrage movement. And Susan B. Anthony uh, was welcome to speak here and did many, many times. So Lilydale has a very rich and beautiful history and we are located on the lake, uh, Casadega Lake in New York State, which is about an hour south of Buffalo and about a, an hour away from Erie, Pennsylvania, if you're wanting to orient yourself. So I, I do have people that say, oh, you're from New York, and they're New York uh, City people, and they think that they can just go and have a reading. It's like, no, you've got to cross the whole state to come see us. I'm closer in Ohio, um, in Cleveland, than most people are in the state of New York. I mean, it was so easy for us to drive there. It was insane. I had no idea. And, that, and that's what people say a lot of the time, that, that Lilydale is kind of one of those hidden gems that once mm -hmm. you find it, especially if you're in Ohio or in those surrounding areas, you're just like, oh my gosh, I need to come back. And people will say time and time again, as soon as they come through the gates of Lilydale, they feel the peace, they feel the relaxation. And I think it's the energy that's built up here and the very good um, helpful things that we do as mediums and healers for other people, but it really is considered almost like a summer pilgrimage for many people, whether they come for the day, the week, the month, or the whole season. And we do have people who come in the off season as well. It's more quiet. People are fixing up their houses. Uh, so the, the public buildings are closed, but you can still enjoy the beautiful lake. And also we have an old growth forest that a whole section that is never timbered. And it's one of the places that we hold one of our inspiration stump services, uh, message services. It's like an outdoor cathedral with really old ancient trees that are two, 300 years old. And it's uh, a definitely a prized possession of people who come through as New York uh, foresters and things like that. They're just like, oh my goodness, these are some of the oldest species of trees in the region. Yeah. And so do we know how Lilydale really started? Was there like a person that officially started it or a group of people? Because I know there's a museum as well. So I'm sure the history is in there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I do encourage people to, you know, come to Lilydale themselves, they can see a bit of that history. We do have a museum and we also have a library that has the world's largest collection of spiritualist books. People come from all over the world to look at uh, the books that we have. They're very, very, very rare. And many people have written books and uh, plays and, mm -hmm. and researched things to their heart's content there. But yes, it was a, a group of people that started coming to the shores of, of uh, Casadega here in Lilydale. And at that point, it was just a small group of people that really just wanted to connect and they had been uh, already meeting for spiritual purposes, understanding that spirit contact and healing were coming through and uh, in a place called Leona in New York, which is not far from Lilydale. And then what happened was there was a gentleman named Jeremiah Carter who uh, received uh, very strongly that he needed to uh, encourage that there would be a, we, uh, you know, every summer a meeting that would happen in Lilydale. And so he walked all, uh, all the way he could, could from Leona to Lilydale, which is quite a distance for the modern person. Uh, but he did that and he talked to Mr. Alden and uh, got that arranged. And then eventually the property came into the group's hands and it became bigger and bigger. Literally, there were so many people coming through the, the gates of Lilydale in the summer season that they had a train depot 
that had a special stop here in Louisdale so that people could have an opportunity. People, it wasn't just a wagon load. It was we're quite train car full of people throughout the summer season. And this is such a beautiful thing to know that we've been able to sustain this many years. Uh, you know, a lot of spiritualist camps throughout the United States have not been able to maintain, and we have, because of, I think, the energy, the people, the hardiness that's here. Uh, if you're willing to stay for the winter, you're certainly hardy, because we get it hard here. We get, we, uh, we get uh, many, many feet of snow. But it's so beautiful. We, we do rest on the shoulders of, of giants who really stood by what they believed in and knew that more people were going to need to have a space that they could connect with spiritually. At one point in the world, their spiritualism was the number one religion in the wow. United States. <laughs> so but people didn't, you know, it's, 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 it, it kind of held there for a little bit um, way back when. But it's, uh, it's still exciting that we have such a great offering for people who want to come and, and really fine tune their own intuitive gifts, uh, receive a reading with a medium or a spiritual healing. Although many of us uh, have been doing uh, phone consultations and Zoom consultations, so it's not necessary to be in the physical presence to have a reading with spirit. Yeah. They don't have the same kind of time and space restrictions that yeah. we do. I know. I always try to explain that to people who, you know, friends or family members who call me and they're like, you're the expert. Like you've been getting readings for years. Like, is this person for real? They just want to do it over the phone. Like, how am I supposed to trust that? And I try to explain it to them, but I'm like, listen, if you don't have an open mind going into it, then, you know, that could definitely like be a block. Um, but I also want to talk next about your upbringing, because first of all, I don't know if you know this, but I met your parents when I was um, in Lilydale. I kind of just like came across them and I had heard about what your mom does, but I talked to your dad for about 25 minutes, just sat with him. And I don't know, there was something about him that like, I don't know, reminded me of a father figure, grandparent. I just think your parents are fantastic. Um, they're very interesting. So have you been going to Lilydale your whole life? Because you and your parents both have houses across the street from each other. And by the way, they're two of my favorite houses. They're like really bright colors. You look like you're in like the town of practical magic and this beautiful, fun thing. But I mean, did you grow up in that house? Uh, how long had you I been I did involved? not grow up in that house. No, no. But I always lived about 20, 25 minutes from Lilydale. And I'm so glad you got a chance to meet my parents because they are very special people. And I am forever grateful that they are my parents. It makes me want to cry every time I think of them because they really are outstanding, amazing people. My mother is a very gifted medium and also an artist. And so what she does is very special. Uh, people's faces uh, come out in her art and they're like, oh my goodness, that's my father who passed or that's who, you know, my, my pet who passed. And, and it's incredible the work that she does. And she has such a, a grasp of, of spirit herself. And my father is such a solid guy, such a solid guy, knows spiritual things as well. So I grew up with many stories of my extended family, uh, having intuition, mediumship, healing experiences. That was very normal. Uh, we weren't trotted out to show people our abilities or anything like that. And to date, I'm the only one, I've, I have uh, three other siblings, I'm the only one that, that does this professionally or, or in, in any capacity in that way. But I would say we're all intuitive in our own ways and our parents never pushed us one way or another. 
I do feel it's beautiful that I can go at any moment and talk to my parents and say, hey, I had this dream. What do you think of this? Or, hey, you know, I had this amazing spiritual experience and it's just so easy. And um, I know not everybody has that, which is why having a place like Lilydale is so important. Having a group that you can connect and, and talk to about these things. So my parents have been going to Lilydale. And when I was um, just starting college, I think I must have been like, 18, I started going to uh, church with them here in Lilydale. And I, I said, hmm, okay, I really like it here. And I like this. And I started going to circles and because my mom was going, my dad was going sometimes too. And, and I, I, it came very easily to me. I, the first circle I went to, I, I could easily give a message. And, and uh, I had seen spirit when I was a little girl and that was very supported by my parents. So it was just an easy transition for me. So as I was busy getting a college degree, I was also studying my mediumship in circles with workshops and I would help coordinate uh, workshops here in Lilydale and in the summertime and, and it would just keep building and building. And so now I've actually been what's called registered Lilydale medium mm -hmm. for 20 years now. And uh, life has gone by so fast, it's incredible. And I, I love what I do. And there's something different about every every reading and every day. And so I could be um, in, in a given day, I could be connecting with someone like just before I'm talking to you from Tel Aviv, Israel, or uh, Poland, or California, or, you know, it just, just depends all over, um, or more locally, Buffalo. Uh, but it's it's beautiful that no matter what, we have the ability to connect. It's not about distance. It's about knowing that love will transcend and bring that all together. Yeah, you know, your outlook and kind of approach as a medium is very um, love and light and nurturing. And I personally think that if someone hasn't been to a medium before, you're like a great first person for them to go to because, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of mediums in my life and a couple of them in Lilydale. And if you aren't experienced with going to mediums, they might just kind of scare the crap out of you a little bit and be a little bit too intense. But, you know, your approach, I just really enjoy it because it's so positive and light. You know, how do you connect with spirit? Do you get different symbols, signs? Is it through your third eye? Do you hear voices? Like what's your specific approach? So all of the above to some extent, <laughs> I see, hear, or feel. And it's so funny you make that comment of that I'm a good first medium for people to go to because I've heard that so much through the years. But be like, you gotta go to Willa first. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just, uh, so it's so funny that that's a, a common thing that people say. But I, I usually either see, hear, or feel spirit. I am such a feeler, such an empath, so I may feel what uh, they had had before they passed, uh, their their personality, uh, how they felt about things, how they relate to you as a client, in terms of how they bounce energy off of you, and I try to focus on bringing the essence of a spirit through, what it feel feels like to be them, and sometimes they'll give me first, uh, what they were like when they were here, because that's how you're going to recognize them. Mm -hmm. If they just come through as beings of light, you're going to be like, well, that's not them, because we all have our quirks, right? So sometimes I'll, I'll see and I'll be able to convey those things. Occasionally I'll hear. Uh, symbols are very frequent with me because they're fast. And that's what I teach a lot of my mediumship students. It's so fast to just deliver a, a symbol fast. So you, it's, 
it's like a whole paragraph of information if you do that. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I sense that symbol, see that symbol, I know that I need to say this next. And, it, and as things kind of develop in the shorthand of the language of spirit, it's so beautiful how a message can come together. And it is an interactive experience in terms of how I do mediumship. Some mediums don't want you to talk at all, but I found that mine is more of what I would consider a conversational style. Would you agree, Sam? Yeah. And I, I like that too, because there was another medium I've seen. She's like, don't talk. And my mom got a reading from her and she came out and she goes, your mother did bad. She talked. Because <laughs> <laughs> For some people, it like throws their whole process off. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to do really well with the conversation side because you're, you're confirming and verifying things. And while I'm talking to you, they're talking to me, giving me more information. And if we're in a conversational style, it flows so easily. If people are stiff and just kind of like, holding it in, and you could, it, it does affect the energy of a conversation as it would with anybody. Mm -hmm, and yeah. so I've noticed that when people are in that give and take of it, they get excited, spirits excited, I'm excited, and these builds, this, this, this beautiful vibrational frequency that we're all on the same wavelength. And it becomes so easy to give information. And sometimes it's like silly stuff. Like the other day I was, I was doing uh, a reading for a client and I was talking to, to someone who is Dorothy for her. And we were talking about another person named Betty. And, and all of a sudden she, they were joking about how Betty cannot handle Mylar balloons. Because I'm, they're like, oh, Mylar balloons. Oh, like this. <laughs> and she has a phobia about Mylar balloons. Like, <laughs> That's such a random thing that you're thinking that's not something you can preset or necessarily read someone's mind about. It just sort of happens. Mm -hmm. Odd things like that will come up in a reading. And it just gives further confirmation that they're around us and that they love us. And sometimes they can hone in on areas of life or on what's going on with a person. But I do try to make sure I mention to people that those in spirit may have their opinions, but you ultimately need to be listening to your own soul and make your decisions accordingly. You, this is not about ask the audience. You can't just say, hey, peanut gallery, you make the decision for me. As spiritualists, a big part of what we believe in is in natural law, spiritual natural law. So some of those would be the law of attraction, law of resonance, law of personal responsibility, Law of creative <laughs> reality, law of karma, and so many more. And so that's why when I do readings with people I, and when I bring through their loved ones in spirit, I make sure I, that they know that they're in charge of their life. And it's ultimately not about what happens to them, but how they react to it. And sometimes those in spirit can give a slightly different perspective on mm -hmm. things that they may not have seen uh, from their particular vantage point, or maybe they can't. If you weren't going to listen to them when they were here, you might not want to listen to them now. So yeah. it, they do evolve, uh, but they're not all seeing and all knowing like God. That's that's uh, too high up, people. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's good that you keep that in mind when you do connect with anyone who's a, a medium and, and you want to connect with your loved ones in spirit. I mean, so you mentioned that you are an empath, obviously, among many other things. Um, I consider myself an empath, so does my co-host, Sari, but it's um, 
it's like I've taken a class on how to handle it, you know, um, it gets really overwhelming. And then when I kind of get close to, I feel like really discovering any kind of ability that I have, it is too overwhelming and I get scared and like a little dog, I kind of like retreat in the corner. Um, and then I kind of feel like I have to start all over again and build everything up. But, you know, especially these days, since we've been secluded for so long, we don't even really know how to interact with people anymore. So that's a part of, you know, anxiety going into groups now, but also as an empath, I feel like it's made it that much harder because I've been doing the work on myself over the past year and a half. And so I'm going out in public and I'm like, oh my God, like, turn it off, turn it off. I feel, I don't like the way this feels. I'm interested by it, but it scares me. So what are the ways that you use to really like protect yourself, whether you're feeling the way someone died or, you know, just want to cry? Like, how do you make sure you're not just a ball of emotions 24 seven? So uh, for me, first of all, I do have uh, healthy boundaries. And what I mean by that is I do not believe in being bombarded by spirit 24 seven. I have a very loving family, children of my own, a husband. I've, I've got a balance, all of that. And I can't have someone's random loved ones in spirit coming to see me because they're trying to jump line or anything like that. So early on in my development, I made a deal with my spirit guides and I said, okay, especially my gatekeeper, that you're, uh, you're not to let anybody on the list that I don't say. So you have to have very strict boundaries. And it's some of the things that I teach my, my students in classes uh, to do is to how to turn on, turn off. Because if you're just a leaky faucet, you're going to basically end up like a puddle on the floor. And throughout the years, I've had many professional mediums and psychics come to me because they are just toasted. <laughs> and it's because they did not keep that line very clear. This is not about going up to someone in the grocery store and saying, oh, I feel your mother here. You know, it's an invasion to me. That is something that I, I believe very strongly to be an ethical violation. When somebody comes to me for a reading for that purpose, we set that intention. They say to their people in spirit, hey, you guys, I've got an appointment show up. That's a totally different energy from just someone's coming up and saying, hey, I know you're a medium. Can you do this for me? Mm -hmm. that's no <laughs> we, we have to honor our own boundaries set those boundaries within ourselves and we can't be allowing ourselves to be bombarded when we're asleep and all kinds of things that I talk more about in my classes because there are ways to to deal with this very effectively I do feel that it is helpful if people do take regular uh, classes such as a weekly development circle because then once a week, mind by spirit, you're aligning for that purpose and you get used to being on during that time. Mm -hmm. And the other times are kind of uh, set on a different security level, just like you would with email, you know, you have high, medium or low. So if it's a high security, you only let people who are on the list. If it's low, you're going to get spammed galore. So you really have to set that within yourself. And if you say, well, I did that and, it, and they still got through, it's because you to be quite honest, it's because you allowed. Yeah. You know, you think about your relationships you have with other people. If, if you decide whether you, whether you answer the phone, you're, yeah. you, you know, you, you decide how you want to deal with those people. And it's the same thing with spirit. I know that it's very popular for mediums to 
to just have that I'm so on I can't turn it off thing but um that's more about wanting to be special and wanting to be healthy Mm -hmm. so having healthy balance and boundaries is so important especially for an empath you know if if I wanted to I could just be a big uh walking ball of pain (laughs) down down the road because I was feeling everybody else's things so what I do is I make sure that I limit visual stimuli so I do not get into watching uh, bad stuff on TV or horror films, things that are going to live in me later. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you watch the news. I very, very much limit it. If it's important, someone's going to tell me about it Mm -hmm. or I can always, you know, pop on and find out about stuff if I really want to. But by and large, I think it could be very unhealthy if you are a sensitive who goes hypersensitive and then becomes insensitive because you're just, you're too, you're just one big nerve. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do this professionally, it does behoove you to get training, to be fine tuning these abilities and to be of even mind. Harry Edwards, who was a British medium long ago, always said that it's important that you be of even mind if you're going to do this professionally. Otherwise you're going to burn out. So I've been a medium for a lot of years and uh, that's something I have to pay attention to and you have to limit number of readings, limit interactions with those kinds of things, because it's important that you can be a hundred percent. I want to be a hundred percent all in when I'm doing a reading because it's important. The stuff I'm doing with clients is really important. These are, you know, people who have lost their children or lost their parents or lost their spouse. It's a big deal. And I, I honor that for what it is. And I, I allow myself to have fun there's a sacred joy in what I do, but I, I also understand there's a heavier component. And that's why it's important that you get your empathic abilities under control. Classes help, but consistency, right practice, and right intention are the two main ingredients for being successful in your mediumship. Yeah, I think maybe I just had an epiphany, which is I have to conquer having boundaries in this world um, <laughs> before I even touch the rest of it. Because, you know, if someone calls me and I don't want to answer. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, this is really hard, but I feel really bad. I'm going to let it go to voicemail. And then if they call a second time, I'm like, damn it, I have to answer. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't it funny? I I was just talking to someone earlier today about how people can be foul weather friends. Mm -hmm. They'll come around when it's a bad weather in their life. And then when it's good weather, you don't hear from them. Yep. And Uh so you have to make some boundaries and certainly understand how you need to wean people, certain people from you, but ultimately you want to do whatever is going to be in God's will. You want to be in the flow of God's will rather than your will and that fixer in you. that's always trying to fix things. As empaths, we tend to want to control the energy around us because then we don't have to worry about it buzzing us. Oh, you know, like if I, if I just stay here in this nice little box, no one will bother me and I won't hurt. It won't hurt. But you need to be able to figure out how to buffer energy with people. And you know, early on in my life as a child, it was very difficult for me. I was so excited. I was an early reader. I wanted to go to school. I went to school. I was sorely disappointed. People's energies were weird. They come with, from all these different strange broken families and broken mindsets of things. And I could feel it. And I was overwhelmed. And I quickly learned not to talk, mm-hmm. except to my family. And it took me a number of years to come out of that, to learn how to find my voice 
so I did, I could have that measure of control. So I've been there, done that. And it's a, a thing I've worked on with my students in the past that have had those kinds of similar situations. Maybe they were able to talk as a child, but it's something that once you find your voice, you, you there's a, a measure of confidence in how you deal with things energetically. Mm-hmm. And you, you start to listen to the early warning signs within yourself. Um, I mean, there'd be instances where I would be like, oh, I don't like that person. And my parents would be like, oh, but they're so nice. And then they find out later, you know, like, so, so, you know, especially children, they have, they have those responses to things. And I think we still have those as adults. And it's about what we do with them instead of turning it off that matters. It's much better to be walking in the world with your radar on, but not to such a heightened, tuned, like turned up volume level that it's screaming at you. So we talk about how to take that down many notches so that you can still be alerted without going into alarm. Yeah, see, that leads me to what I want to talk to you about next is differentiating intuition versus just kind of coming up with something kooky in your own mind. Like, especially me, I'm a storyteller. I watch movies, TV shows all of the time. Like I did a past life regression meditation um, a few months ago for, it was like a 40 minute thing. And, you know, I created this whole story. And then I thought to myself, wait, was I just combining like the greatest showman mixed with um, like this other movie and this other movie? Cause I kind of think my mind might've gone there. Um, And as a young or no, I was in my early twenties when I had a very bad feeling something bad was going to happen. No one listened to me. You're crazy. You're crazy. Then something bad happened. And ever since then, um, it's been very difficult for me to figure out what is real and what isn't real because, you know, it had to do with my dad um, at the time who, who was alive, but it was something that because that light was turned on for me, every time I felt the smallest little thing, something can be wrong. I'm like, Oh my God, who's going to die? Like what's going to happen. And, you know, and everything 95% of the time was fine. So how do you, especially with your students kind of teach them on what, what is real and what isn't? So I, I do tell my students, imagination and intuition live in the same house. Okay. Right brain typically. Right. Yeah. So intuition will use imagination to convey information. The importance of understanding what measure of information and where it came from can really be defined for yourself as you go through the process of a weekly development circle. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of the best ways because you start to go, oh, when I practice giving and receive messages, I'm starting to figure out when that's just me filling in the gaps or when it's spirit. That comes with practice, but it ultimately does come down to you recognizing what you're putting into yourself. Mm -hmm. And I have so many people that come and they say, you know, I am so good at predicting the passing of my friends and my family members. I get a dream or I have an inkling and, you know, I am 99% right. And I, I tell those people that that is information that is given to you so that you can be stronger in the moment so that you're not busy being in shock when other people are finding out about these circumstances so that not so you can change it per se but that you can not be part of the traumatic reaction now in your case if i may i do feel a lot of that is the guilt that you that you knew Mm -hmm. 
and knowing that it's not something you did something about or necessarily could do anything about. And so a lot of this will come out almost like a flinch, kind of like a PTSD effect, but it's like this mm-hmm. flinch. It's like the, oh, I need to go there because if I care for them, I need to think this. Yeah. I call it the bad butterflies I yeah. get in my stomach, not the exciting kind, but the ones that's like, oh no, you know, anxiety. And you can, you know, I feel it in my, in my gut. Um, and it's, but then sometimes I feel it and it's fine. So, yeah. And I mean, I think the other part of it too, for me was frustration, you know, why, if there was nothing that I could do and nobody would listen to me, like, why was I, you know, kind of alerted of that information? But yeah, I mean, in a way, cause you know, it definitely shocked the rest of our family, but it, I was, it, it still shocked me obviously, because I didn't think that I could do anything like that, you know, but it's something that it it comes as with the territory, Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, or unfortunately, as you learn more about your guests, you're going to understand that, of course, you're going to receive things intuitively, we do get divine hunches and intuitive leads that help us on our on our path and in our life. And sometimes we are told, uh, or given in, in some sort of form of impression, that which would be the highest probability of outcome. Mm-hmm. Now, why do I say highest probability of outcome? Because the future isn't written, but there are higher probabilities of outcome because most people will stick with their ruts. I mean, they just, they're on that groove and you can pretty much see it. And if they want to, they can engage their free will. And if they want to, they, they can take the blinders off and they can make a decision the other way, but most people won't. And so in terms of a person who's receiving those kind of intuitive guidances, it is about getting the practice to start to understand, okay, so when I ask my soul a question and I get a fear response back, that is not my soul. That is my ego, the fear. And your soul is that soft, quiet voice that's going to say to you, what are you really afraid of? Mm -hmm. And it helps you to go deeper into the understanding of the experience. Yeah. And that's the difference. And that will come with practice. It has to be done in that way of, okay, so if I'm receiving that, I'll ask, is this in my highest and best good? Yes or no. And you'll get a response. Yes or no. It's, it's something that, that only you, the individual can start to understand what that means for yourself. Mm-hmm. As you, and for, so when I've done that with students, some people, when I ask certain questions and I'll say, this is about you calibrating, what's your yes, what's your no? And they'll be like, oh, this is where I feel yes. And this is where I feel no. And yeah. when I get blank, I know that that's a whole different answer that it's, it's not about asking that question now. Mm-hmm. So there are all kinds of things that start to come up as you practice. But it's, it's not going to be something that is instant mashed potatoes. Instant mashed potatoes taste awful. <laughs> the process of understanding your intuitive abilities and, and how to handle things as an empath and how to handle things as a medium, that is a whole process. We're talking real mashed potatoes. You, you gotta, you know, peel, chop, you know, boil, add ingredients, salt, make it all special before it can taste right and taste good. Mm-hmm. And th- there's a recipe to all of this that has to happen over time. 
And it's something that I do feel that people have to say, well, why isn't this instant for me? Do you realize that most of the mediums throughout history would sit for many hours in silence or meditation, and they they much more contemplative than the modern day society, which is why when someone like you comes to Lilydale, you're like, oh, wow this is so cool. I feel different here because you're slowing down. You're starting to not be invested so much in your phone and so much in the Mm -hmm. outer world. You're starting to say, Hey, maybe I need to focus on my inner world. And so when you're sitting with a medium, you're just like, wow, that went by so fast because you're in that moment of now, the more you practice that as an empath, the more you practice that as an intuitive or a medium then you're in that space of true receptivity to what is going on in the moment, not rattling about what happened in the past, being so with it in the moment, and then being able to say, and now I'm in the next moment. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the next moment. So it's, it's a lot of spiritual understanding that, that a spiritual unfoldment is such a big part of true mediumship development. Mm-hmm. It really is. So do you believe, I mean, really that like we do have free will with anything in our lives or are there certain things that are like, sorry, buddy, you, you can't get away from this. This this actually has to happen, but maybe your third marriage doesn't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, I will say I've noticed uh, over the years that people do uh, to some extent preset connections with other people so contracts if you will Mm -hmm. that they're like okay um I'm gonna meet with so and so here in the earth plane where I'm gonna learn such and such and sometimes that's a difficult lesson sometimes it's an easy lesson it just depends but you might come in with this understanding of you want to do a and p and q and r and x and y and you get to the end of you know of life and you're like well I did a (laughs) you're like I did half a P and you know you start going down this and you're like I tried to avoid doing X but when I did this is what happened and so you start to understand it from that dynamic but we do attract to us important archetypes around us that's a whole nother aspect of Mm -hmm. of all of this people who of certain archetypal natures that you may say, well, gosh, you know, I start, I started noticing that I have the same kind of person around me, but they have different paces as it were. Well, once you figure out how to deal with that archetype, it's a non-issue when you deal with someone like that again, but until you um, get to that place, then it's hard. It can be very hard. So that's where part of the free will comes into play. And I won't say everything's destiny, but we do have this connection of the web of existence Mm-hmm. that we are all connected with and we're here, here to help other people learn lessons and it's kind of like wa- watching a play some days or being part of a play but you are it's like a it's different from having a script it's almost like here's your improv bit yeah. mm-hmm. and uh this is your character um you know here here's some things to say but the rest of it's you yeah, because you can choose that you're going to have a, a different arc to your character if you so desire. Like if if you feel like, oh, my gosh, maybe I've been the baddie bad, <laughs> you, know, like you can choose to not to be that person going forward if you yeah. so desire. Yeah. And we all have both. You know, we, there's all like a dichotomy within all of us, you know, if you want to call it bad or, you know, what have you, because I remember when I had my reading with you we were talking about my infamous stepmother who I think is evil. Um, but you were like, she's not great, but there's no real like bad, you know, like it's not like bad, bad. 
how do you kind of like quantify that with people that do really bad things? I mean, even way worse than her, you know, just like yeah. real, real menaces of society that hurt people on purpose. Yep. There are. And, you know, I would have to say it's, um, I'm grateful every day that um, we, you and I, for the most part, are protected from a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, we do have have connected with our own fair share of people that have um, strange intentions, as mm-hmm. it were. But thankfully, the that that particular place on the spectrum, there aren't that many people compared to the good. Yeah, that's true. and it's about what we choose to resonate with. You know, I, I remember going to um, Italy a few years ago and we were at the Coliseum, which is, if you know anything, is where the gladiator fights mm-hmm. were held and it was bloodbath and how it was built and oh my gosh, so horrible. And people in line with me who were part of the group we were traveling with were so worried. They were so concerned that they, because they knew what I did and they, they were like, oh my gosh, and my stomach started to feel a little bit weird and it's because of them the empath right and I got in there and and I was looking around and all of a sudden we had stopped with the tour guide and I said to him wait a minute has there been church held here what's going on he says well where you're standing right now is uh one of the stations of the cross that we celebrate for good friday Mm, wow so church and good friday had been going on for hundreds of years and that's what i was tuning into so you choose what vibrational frequency you're going to tune into i have a tendency to tune in to a radio station that's high that's just how i choose and how i direct it uh, you have a choice too about your radio station. So I always feel like when I connect with a person in spirit, I'm tuning to their particular radio station. <laughs> Hello, how are you? And then we have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so you can do that with spaces and places and people in your life too. And so that's why it's so important to talk to someone as if they are a soul because they are. And once you do that, start, things start to shift because you are actually, your higher self is speaking to their higher self. And so that is what you're more likely to have a response of, you know, from within them. If you talk to their conscious self, they, they can fall into old patterns. But if you're in that other space, it can change the dynamics of them. I've had instances uh, with readings where uh, people have different relationships with their parents. So some people, they were like, oh, my mother's my favorite. And, and then the sister can can come for reading the very next person. And and I don't even remember this, but they'll tell me later. And, and they had a horrible relationship with her mother. Horrible, horrible. And they would tell me these things. I'm like, okay, because I don't remember. But isn't it interesting? You can have, some people can have this amazing tender relationship with one person and then not with another. And they're like, why can't they love me? Or why, why can't they be nice to me? Be grateful that they're nice to someone. Wow. You know, it, because it gives you hope. Mm -hmm. right be grateful that they're showing tenderness towards someone it shows you that it's in them and I've noticed that the more people pour gratitude about the fact that other people are not having that inflicted on them things start to change it's really fascinating to me the stories that when people like you know when you told me this such and such about how to handle so and so it changed the dynamic of the relationship and now it's a completely different relationship 
That's so beautiful. I'm like tearing up. I've never thought about it like that because I'm always like, I'm, why are you nice to this person and not nice to me? Like I'm doing everything this person is doing. And there's just something about it. Is it the way I smell? Is it the way I do my hair? Like, what is it? Like, why don't you like me? You know? And I, and I get upset, but that is a beautiful thing to think about because we really are all, Ooh, whoa. I think something just happened there. I don't know if that was spirit, but that was creepy. Um, (laughs) see, I get a little scared. (laughs) (laughs) but no it's like you know we are all one which is this idea that I've still I'm not going to tell you that like I 100% believe that I'm trying to learn to believe you know that that we are all one because just like you said if you were to tap into someone's loved one and you just saw a ball of light you know you'd be like okay so is that and because that has like bothered me a little bit because I've watched some documentaries and they're like and then you die and then they just show this ball of light and I'm like what the, that everything is gone now. And you're just like a poof, like a ball of light. But then, so you're able to connect though with the person's personality as well, obviously, like you did with some of my loved ones. Um, so what is it like when you're communicating with these people, are they just kind of putting on their costume of their old selves to like, so you can identify who they were with the people or is that still who they are? It depends. That depends. I ask them to come for the way they were when they were here. Mm-hmm. I prefer it that way because then you're like, oh yeah, that's so-and-so. Blah, 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 blah. Like that's what happens right after that. We're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because that's how you remember them. Mm-hmm. If they come through in their changed version, uh, it's, you know, they're like, well, that I don't know. He, he was never like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's nice all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. but you, you, so so sometimes they're they're nice on the get go, and that comes through. Or they were not so nice uh, when they were here, but things have and and they might tell me, you know, things have progressed. I realize now how much I was carrying the problems of my own father's alcoholism and how that became such a big thing for me. And, you know, the, like they'll go through it. Sometimes it gets very psychological more than I would prefer probably, but it goes into those because people will have these things as excuses or reasons or however you want to look at that for some of their behavior, because think about it. Anybody who thinks that they're a victim, they do feel justified in how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. right yeah and and it can make them only see from their particular place on the bus and so it's something that can sometimes come out in the course of a reading and I do focus more on like I said their essence and it's it's kind of beautiful how that all happens and and they might want to talk about people here on the earth plane or they might not because not everybody is a social butterfly. Some people are quiet people and that's how they're going to stay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's the, the ones that love the yakety yak that are going to be the ones that weigh in and give opinions and versus others who might just be a loving presence, mm-hmm. a steady guardian presence. And then others that I might only feel on the fringes, they're not going to get close because of what had happened between them and the client, but that they're here to make amends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's how it needs to happen. And it's fascinating what can happen with a client when, when they finally get to that place of forgiveness with another person, Mm -hmm. or sometimes the person in spirit said, thank you so much for forgiving me. I know you, you forgave me just before I passed and it actually has made my transition so much better. 
and easier. So thank you. So, I mean, there are all kinds of things that come up at a reading. It's, it's definitely not one size fits all because it, everybody's people are unique to them. And yeah. it's, it's beautiful how that can come forward. And the last thing I wanted to talk to you about um, is people for the past year and a half really have been saying there's going to be a big shift in consciousness. You know, we're going into the 5D, some are going into the 4D, you know, we're raising our vibration and people are tapping into their gifts now more than ever before. Do you, do you agree with that? With, have you felt kind of a shift in whether it's your clients or just the energy around you that more people are kind of, and I think also, you know, COVID and all of that brought people to a point where they're like, I thought I had the world figured out and I don't. So let me try this thing that I always thought was weird. And it seems to make the most sense right now. Exactly, exactly. So uh, that's why you'll see an ebb and flow in terms of spiritualism, because when people uh, get into crisis, they very much, they need to turn to the divine, which is great. I love it. I want people to turn to faith and to, to build on that. And, you know, whether it's the Bible and, and you see that as a living word or other scriptures that are important to you, but knowing that we do have resources within ourselves, that each of us is a spark of the divine. And as such, we have unlimited potential for love and peace and joy. Each and every one of us has that. And we can connect with it in a deliberate fashion. I many, many times think that people are needing to practice the presence of God. And so what I mean by that is that uh, they have to take those moments to say, oh, I don't feel God in my life. And all of a sudden, like, I found God again. Isn't yeah. it beautiful? And it, sometimes people go through these series of having to find God again instead of feeling it con the, the source uh, connection strongly regularly until they figure out what the magic formula for them is. And usually it has to do with belief. And so in terms of people up-leveling, you know, the, I was telling someone early on in this COVID experience, I said, because of uh, the shift that I noticed within clients, it's a different kind of level of energy neediness at times. Mm -hmm. it, I remember that happening around the time of September 11th, too, that people, uh, when it, I would say it is um, on par with, with what, when that happened, people started to have a lot of shifts and, and changes. And sometimes that happens through tra tragedy. And so I've noticed that with those kind of big events, like, you know, like COVID is, I've seen it with people who have had someone pass and all of a sudden things are turned on for them now. Like all of a sudden they're really ready to step into the next understanding of themselves and of, of themselves as a soul. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most exciting thing for me as a medium when I realize that I see it happening though, as they're sitting across from me or on Zoom or on the phone, I can hear it happening within them. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm connecting with the soul of my mother. That means I'm a soul. That means I need to live that way. Oh my gosh. You're like, it's, it, it, mm -hmm. So people are having that aha moment. And I think it's beautiful whenever that happens for a person. A lot of times it's not happening for most people until middle age or beyond because they've either gone through a big portion of their life of career or children or whatever it is. But more and more young people are coming to this, which is really beautiful because for a lot of years, I was the youngest medium here. And uh, you know, I held the title as it were <laughs> for that. So I'm grateful that other people are, are coming on with that. And you know, the more the merrier. But the big part of that is, 
get yourself some training to fine tune your gifts, please. Yes. Because we don't want you just flinging paint out there and seeing what sticks on the wall. This is, if you really want to understand your gifts, it, it takes some time. You can't just go, oh yes, I know how to fix a car. You actually have to like start to figure out, oh, there are different parts of a car. Oh, there's, this is how this maneuvers. If I put this in it, I'm going to break the car. You know, like you, yeah. You, I mean, it could be harmful to people. If you don't know what you're doing, it's like driving without a license, you know? Exactly. So we want to always encourage ethics with any of this, even if you're just doing this at home kind of mediumship or intuition Mm -hmm. it's good if you have a a basis so that you're not running on on fear so like earlier on when you were like oh I'm kind of scared (laughs) Uh, I am not into spook and boo I I think most people who are paying attention to me here as we're talking realize yep she's not into spook and boo I'm not into ghost hunting I'm not into any of that kind of stuff because that's not where how how it is yeah and uh you know movies uh, TV, it's like they they, they want to sell a lot of ads or tickets or whatever. And because uh, fear sells. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that that's not what my experience in all of these decades of being a medium has been at all. And so I encourage you to look at the other side of this and not just go for the um, the phenomenon or or the idea of the fear, because that's not what we want to, that's not Mm up-leveling. If you want to up-level, you start to understand more about spiritual things from that calmer standpoint. Yeah. From that, there is a peace within me that is unaffected by exterior events. And that when you, you know, people are needing that calm in the storm, be the calm in the storm for yourself too. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really important thing. And I, I have a podcast myself and I just, um, just this morning, we were talking about how you, you need to be that for yourself mm-hmm. and be very much in tune with your soul so that you're having a spiritual response instead of a knee jerk reaction. Mm. That sounds like it'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm going to work towards that for sure. (laughs) I really need to. I'm very, like, I'm the kind of person I'm very jumpy. It's hilarious. Like, I don't know where it comes from, but if you come behind me and I am not expecting you, I will scream and jump out of my seat. Like it is, um, I'm just, I, I guess I'm just very reactive. So I'm definitely, and I know I'm not the only one. So I'm definitely working on trying to calm that down meditating and oh you know know, I know exactly what you're feeling talking about with that because there have been times when you know I I'm up in in my bedroom and all of a sudden my husband comes in and I didn't expect him and I'm like oh like because you you, it's just startling or the kids love to jump out and try to do that to me but spirit no 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 I I think it depends on the spirit of course but by and large you can get them to stop any bad behaviors too Mm -hmm. again that's that's training you got to train your people yeah you got to train you have to call on your spirit guides for some help anytime I feel a little bit like I'm like hey guys can you come in here and clean this out please thank you (laughs) yes see yes those things like that and eventually it can be on automatic pilot so that you don't always have to put thought toward it Mm -hmm. 
but you have to initially, until something is a true habit of behavior, you're going to have to talk yourself through those things. And it's important that people do that, that they are filling it with the right things to tell themselves when they're in a circumstance rather than the wrong rattling kind of things. Mm -hmm. But when we're sensitive, it's, it is hard. I, I have, um, I have a lot of increased sensitivities. I can smell, uh, taste, hear, uh, feel better than a lot of people. And so I know what it's like to be hypersensitive on a physical level and on a spiritual level. But I'm here to tell you that you can absolutely find wonderful coping strategies for that so that you're not just being, you know, at the mercy of of other people that you start to go, aha, this is how I need to have. And and so sometimes people who are sensitive are more um, in need of solitude moments, Mm -hmm. you know, so you have to build that in your schedule, build that in your schedule. So you have some time alone without anybody else's thoughts or energies around you so that when you come back out into the world, you can be nice to them. I, I feel that, especially after living with my mom for over a year now, <laughs> love her. I love her so much, but sometimes she's, I just, I sit outside sometimes for hours and hours and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just, I'm listening to podcasts. I just want to be alone and it's not personal. Um, so yeah, that's always good to draw those boundaries, but Absolutely. Willa, yeah. If, if you live with anyone, you're going to be irritated with them. <laughs> oh yeah. Except for my cat. She can do no wrong. Oh, of course. That's different with uh, the <laughs> unconditional love of cats. It helps they don't talk. Oh my gosh. She, she does talk <laughs> sometimes though. I swear to you, I don't know what this creature is, but she's my like, oh, she's an absolute angel. I adore my cat. <laughs> um, well, Willa, thank you so much. This was an absolute joy. Could you please tell us about your podcast, um, your website, where everyone can find everything that you're up to, your classes? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so my website is willowhite.com. So that's my name, W-I-L-L-A-W-H-I-T-E.com. If you want to find me on Facebook, it's Willa White Medium. And I have a weekly podcast show that airs on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And I have been doing that for over four years now. So I'm on year five of my podcast show. Lily Dale asked me to do a show and I said, well, I want to do it this way and it's going to be my own. And they said, yes, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) So, so I've been having great guests on the show. We, we usually have spiritual topics. We cover about uh, spiritualism, mediumship, healing, faith, family, and more. And it's really great. I've had some uh, really well-known mediums on the show, Lily Dale folks. I feature a lot of, of Lily Dale, its history, uh, different places, tours of Lily Dale. Um, and his, uh, the history has always been of importance to me. And I think it's great that people are encouraged to have spiritual conversations. So much in today's times, we don't uh, give ourselves time to do those things or to listen to spiritual conversation. I grew up in a family where constant spiritual conversation throughout our growing up years and into our adult years. And people need that instead of all the yammer of their phones and the TVs. They need to get back down to brass tacks so that they can feel more confident. And so that's something that my podcast really has helped people. People can look back in the archive videos of the show and in, enjoy in that way. And then in terms of my classes, you can find more information about that on my website. Um, my three-month immersion program is full, so I probably won't be offering that again until 
uh, next year, 2022, but I will be doing ongoing um, uh, mediumship development circles that are five week series. The next one will start November 1st. Awesome. Well, everyone, this was such a treat. I know you probably enjoyed this so much. Please let us know what you think. Rate, review, subscribe. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Spiritual Spiral Show. You can find myself at SamD43, where you will see a lot of videos of my cat and uh, just, you know, having a good time. But please make sure to follow Willa. She is an amazing resource and an amazing teacher and an amazing woman. So thank you all. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>